0: Welcome to Money in the Air.
1: I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on world X usa neighboring rights on the performer side and rights holder side.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Money in the Air. Today, we're going to talk about conductors, arrangers, and symphonic works that are collected on by various countries. And today, I am back with us. I have myself, Andrew, and Tanya to discuss how conductors will get paid off of neighboring rights. So, Tanya... What situations or what countries, rather, are those that collect on neighboring rights specifically for conductors?
1: That's a great question. And the good news is that it's most of the world. So Brazil pays at a non-featured rate. Actra in Canada pays as well. It depends on the genre in Canada, if it's classical or not classical. And that's and then it's weighted, AIE in Spain they pay for conductors but only if you're conducting an orchestra. And then CPR in Japan pay as well. if uh, featured if you're credited as like if a named artist. Uh, non featured if you're not credited. Gramex in Denmark pay con- conductors for a featured rate. GVL in Germany also a featured rates. Nuevo EMI in Italy, they pay if you've conducted an orchestra, the same situation as Canada. Also, playwright in Belgium, if you're conducting classical orchestras. And then PPL in the UK and Senna in the Netherlands, they don't explicitly talk about conducting an orchestra. They do pay conductors at a non-featured rate. And it's quite easy to claim, by the way. It's easy enough to claim if you were conducting at, at these different societies, whether you're claiming on a portal or... You're inputting it in their repertoire uh, spreadsheets. Swiss perform also pay conductors; they pay a featured rate, which is good. Um, I'll let you talk about Sound Exchange. I know that's um, I know they pay, but they also have their own nuances.
0: They do, but let's to back up and clarify a little bit further. So this could be conductors conducting a symphony, and if it's the same symphony could be, you know, performing the same work, say Beethoven's Ninth Symphony but could have various conductors at different points in time. Well, these specific conductors that are associated with the specific performances of Beethoven's 9 would be eligible for neighboring rights. So I just wanted to clarify that this is very important for conductors because they would be paid for their specific involvement and conducting on individual recordings of specific symphonies. And at sound exchange, it is the same process as if they were a regular featured performer on a specific sound recording. So they would be considered the featured performer if they're listed as say, Leonard Bernstein conducts the New York Philharmonic, then Leonard would be eligible for featured artist. Royalties, as well as non-featured, if they're not listed. So, in those cases, you would go to the AFM SAGAFTRA Distribution Fund, and there's a specific amount of royalties that is allocated to session musicians of symphonic works. So, I would advise anybody that is a not only conductor but also a orchestra performer to check in on the various societies to see what royalties are eligible to be collected on. I think that it's very lovely considering that classical music is, is not on the forefront of consumption, mm-hmm. but there are all of these individual setups to ensure that our historical music is being paid on to people that Or I'm a classical musician, so I personally think that this is a very lovely thing that is set up at at more than one country. It's in some of the largest markets, Japan, UK, Germany. So, yeah, I think that if you're a classical musician, if you're a conductor specifically, make sure that you're collecting on your neighboring rights by checking in with where your recordings are being played in some of these major markets that we've mentioned.
1: Yeah, excellent advice. I mean, Abbey Road down the road here in London, they're always recording, you know, like film soundtracks and there's like symphonic orchestras, conductors, all these names credited in the orchestra, like 20 plus names, as you can imagine. And yeah, you've got to claim your performance and the conductor has to as well. And yeah. You'll get your royalties because there are big markets, as you say, there is usage and there are dedicated classical radio stations out there.
0: And it's a smaller amount of musicians that Mm -hmm. need to be paid from these performances. So I would assume that it could be larger than the general pop and pop pool of non-featured musicians because the amount of royalties that's allocated is probably... Maybe just as big, but less musicians to pay out. Yeah, it's never going to just be a one-time payment for your contractual work. I mean, there, in most cases, are going to be some type of residual or royalty associated with your, your work. So if you're a musician, you're a classical musician, you will be eligible for symphonic, but also with audiovisual as well. If it's been recorded in a film, for example, then that would qualify as well for audiovisual.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. There's less people slicing up that pie in the classical world. And I remember seeing the same names cropping up, especially at Abbey Road sessions. You know, the cellist, the bassoon player coming up time and time again. So, yeah. Thank you for listening. And if you're not already a member, please go to www.ifr.co.uk. That's I-A-F-A-R dot C-O U-K. Or if you have any questions that we haven't answered, info at ifr.co.uk see you next week bye